Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another week, another episode of Real Talk About Feminism. I hope you guys are ready to be financially inspired today because we have such a good episode for you. We are financial girlies today. Like after our conversation with Laura, we are just feeling so inspired. inspired. We're ready. We are so ready. So I'm going to introduce Laura. She's our guest for today's episode. She is a women's wealth coach and speaker. She shows women how to build wealth and financial independence through investing and healing their relationship with money. She's been seen in Forbes, Grazia, Yahoo Finance, and the Financial Times. And she just had so much such great advice and tips for how to heal your relationship with money and mindset shit mindset I'm sorry, guys. I cannot talk today. <laughs> Mindset shifts for how to have a better relationship with money and not feel so much shame and guilt when you're like opening your bank accounts and how to use that to feel more empowered. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Laura is super sweet and empowering and she's accomplished a lot. So we're excited for you guys to listen. Let's get into it. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here with you both. So thank you for this. Yes, we're so happy you reached out to us. We're looking forward to it. Me too. Let's start first by talking a little bit about your background. So you started your career in like the financial sector, correct? Yes. So So how did you go from starting your career to where you are now, like with your own venture? Oh my goodness. Um, So I started... I feel ancient now talking about this, but when I went to university, um, God, about 13 years ago, I'd say, um, I studied finance and I loved it. You know, I just found it really interesting. And um, after that, I ended up working with a big consultancy firm in, in uh, Dublin, in Ireland, um, you know, working in corporate finance. And then that continued my career. I ended up working in EY and a big financial restructuring company and was Honestly, I was like traveling the world, living out the dream of when I was 19. And I always just had this dream of like holding my briefcase in my fabulous designer heels, like walking around the city, like making deals happen. I probably watched too much Suits or something, but I just had this like vision of what it would be like to work in finance. And it is something I totally manifested. And so I reached this like really amazing height of my career. And I was as I said, traveling around the world, like first class, five-star hotels, working with these epic companies, um, all in the financial sector. And uh, the truth is that every single room I went into, I was the only woman in the room. Now, like we hear when we talk about feminism and gender equality, we almost hear that as kind of like the stereotypical thing to say, but that was very much like a lived reality. So like, it didn't matter if I was like in Mumbai or Singapore, or I was in Paris, or I was in Norway, I was always the only woman, like every single time. And so for me, that became like a real issue, you know? And um, I started attending like women in finance events and I was hearing these like ridiculous statistics, like 120 years for gender equality, which is like, okay, oh thank you God. for the most depressing statistic in the world. <laughs> like, yeah. Right? It's like, how does that motivate you to be like, yay, we can change things. Um, right. <laughs> I know. So, but when I heard that, I thought, you know what, eventually I want to have a daughter someday. And how can I ever look at my daughter in the face and tell her, like, your mom did nothing? You know, how can I look at her in the face and be like, yeah, baby, you can go out and do anything you want in the world. But hey, actually, there's a bunch of restrictions there. And so that was kind of how I got started in working predominantly with women. Um, I was really passionate about personal development. Like I had traveled to Toronto to learn from Bob Proctor, who was an amazing 
teacher from The Secret. I don't know if you know him. Um, and then traveled around working with uh, Tony Robbins and a bunch of other like really incredible wow. leaders. Um, so that helped me to really accelerate my career very fast. And so I wanted to show other women how they could do the same. And honestly, that's how it started everything of what I do today. I started working with more women in finance. I started coaching them just on the side. And um, I turned 30 and I was like, holy shit, like I actually love this. Like This is the stuff I am happily doing without getting paid and I would do for the rest of my life. Like this is my mission for sure. It was centered in female empowerment, not just the hashtag female empowerment, but like mm-hmm. true at its core of like really wanting to support women to to succeed to new heights and um, and support them in doing that. And so that's how I started my venture. At 30, I thought, all right, I know I've invested like 10 years in this career. My parents are going to think I'm absolutely crazy after doing university and qualified as a chartered accountant and all of this. And I thought, well, if I don't do it now, when will I do it? So that's when I started my business um, about three years ago now. And I haven't looked back since. And so this journey around supporting women has just continued to evolve. And today it's very much focused on uh, financial empowerment, which I know we're going to delve into, but in a very big nutshell, that's how I got started. (laughs) Wow. That is amazing. Like you have a ton of experience in real world, just real world experience. And that's so amazing that you landed here to where you're so passionate about helping women and it's your mission now. For sure. Yeah. And I love too how you were noticing I'm the only woman in the room. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing there were times when like you were talked over or not paid attention to or not taken seriously. And I'm sure that contributed to like a lot of how you were feeling. But I love how you were like, I'm going to do something about it instead of just accepting this is the way it is for women in business and finance. And you started your own venture. Yeah, hundred percent. I, you know, there's that Gandhi quote of like, "Be the change you want to see in the world," mm-hmm. and that was very much just what I was doing. I was like, "I, I want this to be different," and it can be. And like, women are just incredibly powerful. And I think the issue when we look at gender equality, we talk about female empowerment. So much of it harps on the inequality piece of what we mm-hmm. don't have, what we don't have. But if we even just take a peek back in history, we'll see like how incredibly far we've come from you know being able to even get financial access be able to get access to the workplace and all these things and if that's just like in such a short time period what we've been able to achieve like that just speaks tremendous things so I think we need to shift the narrative to like you know not just focusing on like women in power but like the power in women and when we realize collectively like how freaking strong powerful capable we are to literally do anything that we so put our mind to then we'll stop competing and we'll stop worrying about the inequality stuff and we'll just go out there and fucking come together and make it happen. I, I no, love, I love that. that mindset way more because it's so easy to just like sink into the negative mindset of like, oh, like we have so much still that we have to accomplish. But relatively, yeah. like we have come so far in the past like 150, 20 years even. Oh, massively. And that comes from a very like real life example because I was attending all these women events, right? And all I would hear were these statistics, like 120 years, how much far we have to come, how few women there are at the top. And as much as I know they were said in a way to try and highlight the issues that we need to work on, um, what it actually was doing was programming my mind and you know, I'm big into manifestation. So it was programming my mind to be very aware of where things weren't fair and where things weren't equal 
which just meant anytime I walked into those boardrooms and I was the only woman, I became hypersensitive, hyper-triggered to everything. And it actually, the end result was I became way more disempowered because now I was so focused on, oh, I'm the only woman here. Like almost like a victim thing of like all these men, things need to change. And it was really not doing good. So I realized, well, what if I shift that and be like, holy crap, like I'm the only woman here. This is epic. I must be incredible. If it must be this hard that there's so many men and I get to be here and I'm the youngest. Wow, I really must be amazing at what I do. And let's support more women to see this too and get in here as well. You know, so it was just about shifting that narrative to be one more of like, oh my God, I'm so badass. Look at me here. As opposed to feeling like a victim of like, oh, there's no other women and all these statistics and it's 120 years and you know, all this kind of stuff. So that's kind of how I rather focus on things is like, let's see how far we come. Let's look at how amazing we are, how incredibly powerful we are. And just together in that sisterhood community, like what we can create together, the change we can make. I'm obsessed with that mindset because it is just so much more empowering to yourself. And it is really great to look around and see I'm the only woman, which means I'm the only one with this perspective. Like I have so much power and I think that's amazing. I also, I don't obviously work in finance, but I work in like the corporate world and a lot of times I'm like the youngest and the only woman and I can have like the victim mentality of like, oh, like I feel like I was getting talked over or like I feel like because of my age, I'm not like looked at as equal with them because I don't have as much experience and I want to like shift my mindset now based off of what you said because I just love that. So I think that's really cool. Oh my God, Haley, like a hundred percent because I went through the exact same situation when I first started out in corporate finance. I was always the youngest and I was always the only woman. And I was similar. I was like, oh, like, you know, times where I would guess, like, what would I have to contribute? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember my first ever meeting in London and we were going to this big restructuring of this company, like turning it around. And there was like a big boredom of about 20 men and me. And they went around and everyone had to just introduce themselves and they were like, oh, I've been 30 years in this practice. I've been 35. And I was like, I'm 25. <laughs> I don't have that much experience in life as what you do in this industry. But when I began to see, do you know what? I can bring a completely new perspective. I'm in the room for a reason, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. I'm here for a reason. Sure, I don't have the same level of experience. It's impossible. But what else can I bring here? Let me ask the questions. Let me share my viewpoints, my insights. and. It's getting into that mindset yourself first of like, I have value here. I can contribute and not letting that little voice of like, you're too young. What would you have to say? They're more experienced. Like all that crap mm-hmm. that in our way. It's like, no, speak up. Because I promise you what you're going to say, someone else is going to say it or someone else is thinking it mm-hmm. or it's actually incredibly valuable. And someone's going to be like, oh, I like that one. Hey, she really like contributes or another way she just speaks up anyway. And, you know, it's just getting out of our own way sometimes and kind of reframing those stories that we tell ourselves. Yeah, it's like letting go of the imposter syndrome, which is really hard. Um, but like realizing you're meant to be there. Like you're in the room for a reason, like you said. Like you might not have as much experience, but you're you have a perspective to bring that everyone wants to hear, whether or not like you feel like it because you feel like you're inadequate or like too young, not fitting in, like you're meant to be there. A hundred percent. And there's probably people who are like twice your age in the room going, God, I wish I had her 
youth. She's so much more connected to her generation. She's so much more up to date on what's happening with tech and all these new kind of and um, things that are evolving in the world. So everyone's going to have some viewpoint where they go, I wish I was. Mm-hmm. So it's just about owning what you are and being like, this is me. Of course, I don't have as much experience. Of course, I don't have X, Y, Z. But this is what I do have. And I'm going to make the damn most of this. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's For awesome. sure. <laughs> when you're in work next. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like motivated for for Monday now. Going literally into the ready to go back to work. And you've got to message and be like, "I walked in and this happened." I'm like, yes, definitely. So, kind of along this line of like empowerment and self empowerment, how does like financial wellness go hand in hand with female empowerment? Yeah, so that's an awesome question. And it's something I'm like obsessed with talking about, which is like, we really can't have a discussion of female empowerment if we don't bring in financial empowerment for women. Because when it comes down to it, in the world that we live in, in the way our economy is set up, money is power, right? Money is the power to make choices. It's the power to leave bad situations. It's the power to pick yourself up and walk away to something. It's the power to pursue your dreams, to do all these things that give us the life that we desire. So if we just have women who are like, oh, I feel really empowered, but they're financially struggling or stuck, or they're being financially controlled by a partner or family member or their career or their job, you know, there's a million different kind of iterations of that. Then we can't really say that we're really making progress around empowering women or supporting women. Now, the cool thing is, we have come a long way. I was doing, um, I mentioned at the start of this, I created a little mini book uh, just recently and I was doing some research around um, women, like the history of women and uh, money. And there was like some really interesting things that came up of it about how recent some of these um, changes have happened for women with money in terms of like getting access to finances, getting access to loans. Um, like which was one I wanted to mention. So it was only like back in the 1970s that even a woman could get a credit card in her name without having like a male co-signer. Oh, wow. Um, and it was, yeah, and in the 1988, the Women's Business Ownership Act was passed, which allowed women in the US to get a business own a business loan without a male co-signer. Like that's not long ago. No, now. not at all. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. Now I know it may not be like in, like it was just before you guys, the, when you were guys were born, but like that's not long when we think about the history of women and money. Right. And then the reason I bring that up, again, it's not to harp on it, but it's to say like, I hear women so often being like, oh, I just don't know why I'm not so good with money or like, I feel like men are just better with it or I'm not good with maths, I'm not good with numbers. Like, and they have all these like stories, like almost beating themselves up about it. And I'm like, hello, this industry was not made for you. It was actually trying to actively keep you out for so long. Mm-hmm. So like, let's just recognize how far women have come. And that's incredible. So that's how far we've come since just like a generation ago. Like, oh my God, we can trailblaze so far ahead. Like it's all there for us. Yeah, that's so um, true. So that is why I'm so passionate about, you know, showing women just how to manage their money, how to make it work for them, how to invest it. Because it's not even something I really knew until my mid-20s. Um, because I didn't come from a family that spoke about money that much. They certainly didn't talk about investing. They weren't investing. We were never shown that. You don't get taught it in school. Do you happen to be in the friend circle that talks about it? Maybe, but maybe not. 
So it's like, really, where do women find this? Like, how do they, how are they supposed to ever know? And so that's my mission is like to reach the, to reach as many women as possible, just to show them, actually, this is really easy. This industry has tried to make it really complicated. It's not. And here's what an impact it can make. Even just like a couple of, you know, can start with a hundred dollars a month, you know, and just showing them like the difference that can make in their long-term plans yeah this the industry of like investing and finance in general is so intimidating especially Mm -hmm. as a woman I think because there's so many things that feel so complicated like with the stock market or for example like for the past two years I was like I'm gonna open up a Roth IRA like my dad suggested this I just need to go and do it I still didn't do it until finally for my graduation present, my dad helped me with it and he gave me some starter money and I have it all set up now. And I was like, that was not hard at all. But in my mind, it it's was intimidating. so complicated. Yeah. And I was like, I need to like research. I don't know how to do it. Like how much do I do a month? It was just this huge thing in my head, but it doesn't have to be that way. And so I think for me, especially and like a lot of other women, we just don't even know where to start and like where to look for, for resources. A hundred percent. And that's the thing. It's like, it's just not talked about. So even like that's part of this mission as well. It's like to have these conversations, you know, to know that you can like go out, have your champagne, look fabulous and talk about your stock market investing. Like you can talk about what you're doing with your money. And we don't have to separate these conversations out. Like it's fun. It's easy. Like it's interesting, but we just have never been shown that. And it's always typically being taught by a man through a corporate in some stuffy language that has made it look so complicated and so boring mm-hmm. like who wants to spend their days going through financial statements like as an accountant I don't even want to <laughs> like so like the average person like who doesn't work in that space like why would they want to do that it just sounds complicated and it's not so yeah that's all part of it it's like showing an- another way to do it I love that yeah, for me, like, I, I've i always kind of told myself that I'm just, like, bad with money, and I try and do, like, a budget, and, like, I've wanted to, like, invest, but in my mind, I have this narrative that, oh, I'm just bad with money, and I, I'm always just going to be, like, living paycheck to paycheck or just, like, barely getting by because I'm just not good at managing it, and so that's, like, a big struggle yeah. for me. Do you... Is that like part of it, kind of getting rid of those like preconceived notions about yourself and those narratives and just like learning the basics so that you can feel empowered? Like, do you ever like work with women like that? Yeah, massively. Like, firstly, what you're talking about, it's so common. I mean, amongst men as well, but I focus just on women predominantly. So, but like the women I speak to, yeah, that's always coming up. And it was there for me too at one point, you know? Um, But the mindset is massive. And so, in our business, we focus a lot on like wealth and woo. So the wealth is like the strategy, the investing of like, okay, how do I actually figure this out? Because even when you said the word budget, your voice changed <laughs> because budget sounds terrible. <laughs> it's like, I have to budget. Like, oh God, this sounds And now I can't go do anything nice. So it's just also about like changing the terminology that we use. Like I invite women to take themselves on a money date, you know, so that they can, take time for themselves and it's a much more fun experience of checking in with your money and seeing how it's doing and and looking at it like a relationship like hey what's happening with it where am I spending it like you know maybe is this not the best place to put it and it's looking at the budgeting in like a very different way because 
you know, a lot of these terms are very masculine as well, which just sound very off-putting and dull, mm-hmm. you know, that's just to be frank about it. Um, but in terms of the mindset piece, so the, that's where the woo piece comes in. So I've been just obsessed with all things manifestation for the past 10 years. Um, and so on the woo side of it, we really delve into those money beliefs and shifting it. And like equally, give yourself credit because we're having this conversation, which so many women aren't. And so firstly, there's that. And then second thing is like, at least you have awareness of, you know what? This is something that actually I do want to shift. I don't necessarily want to always feel like I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Okay. So, you know, what can I go about doing around that? Um, which is amazing. I just So just like give yourself credit also about like how amazing you are in that space and how far like ahead you are of so many. Well, thank you. We definitely want to talk about manifesting like financial abundance and wealth. But can you go back to the money date concepts? Like yeah. if I wanted to take myself on a money date, what would that look like? Uh, yes so I <laughs> I like to um talk about like the money date in a very like sexy fun way because again like usually when we talk about money and budgeting it just sounds so dull and I feel like all right I need a whiskey for this <laughs> or something um but the money date is basically you set aside time okay let me step back a little bit so looking at money instead as a relationship right so instead of just having money is like something I own or something that says something about my value in the world or my self-worth we look at money as something external right as something objective like and we give it a physical form so we call we say I have a relationship with this thing called money right and you can name it you can call it whatever you want but it's like we and I look at money as something separate it says nothing about who we are it doesn't say anything about our self-worth our value in the world nothing it's just this thing that we're calling money now once we like separated from ourselves because so much there's so much tangled up inside us around our conditioning and we see it outside of ourselves and we look at it we can ask ourselves right well how would we describe that relationship if that if money I don't know call it whatever was my best friend or a friend would we say it's a very close relationship is it complicated are we very intimate is it very distant do I hate to see this friend like what does that relationship look like and it just really helps to break down in our own mind. Well, actually, you know what? Am I good with money? Or like, what are some of my beliefs around money that might not be the best for me? You know, so we just look at first, really looking at that relationship as something separate and then defining and understanding what does that look like? So is it complicated, distant, intimate, fabulous? Right, so what is it now? And then what do we really want it to become? So once you've figured that out, the next thing then is actually to go on a date with your money. And so what I recommend women to do is like, make it fun and sexy, like make it this like enjoyable time, you know, every other week or once a month for yourself, where like, I like to, you know, put on my nice music. I'm obsessed with Beyonce. Yes. So it's usually a Beyonce <laughs> playlist. You know, sometimes like I'll have a glass of champagne because I'm like celebrating however my money looks it doesn't matter it's like but I'm celebrating this moment but you don't have to drink um have a like drink whatever tea um but I like get myself nice I like light a candle and I just make it like a really enjoyable like ceremonial time but like with myself and then this relationship that I'm calling money and so when you do that firstly it's actually like way more enjoyable than trying to force yourself to sit down um, and look at your bank accounts because what I found was like a lot of women 
had a lot of fear at even opening up their bank account of like, oh shit, I don't even want to know what's yeah. in there. Have I overspent? Or how is that looking? Like, God, that salary came in and really just went poof, didn't it? Um, so we go, okay, no matter what the situation is, we're going to make this a fun time. So it just makes it like more enjoyable to have that relationship with money. And then we always just send thanks, right? So gratitude is like, you know, the fundamental thing of anything we talk about manifestations, we just open up and it doesn't matter how much or how little is in your bank account or what's going on with it. Or if there were things that maybe we wish we hadn't done, but we want to change next month. Cool. We're just here. So I'm sending gratitude to myself for even taking this time with this relationship in my life. And I'm sending gratitude to my money, to my accounts. And I think of it like it's going out there and doing all these things for me. Like it's allowing me to go and buy this. It's allowing me to it's going to work for me in my investments account. Like it's working really hard for me in there. That's so good of it. Thank you. Oh, look, it's gone out and it's bought me this experience. Oh, it's gone and like brought me for lunch with my best friend. Like, thank you to my money. So it's shifting this whole relationship we have with money first and foremost to make it something like fun, like enjoyable and to build like a healthy relationship when we talk about money. So we can remove anxiety, we can remove fear, we can remove any kind of, taboo stuff that's been built up over time so when yeah, no it's I'll okay <laughs> I told it's you okay. I was just gonna say I love that concept because for one I think it's a huge form of self-love to give yourself that time to instead mm-hmm. of like waking up after a night out and like dreading Stressing, looking at your yeah. bank account like how much did I spend this weekend like you have that time set aside for yourself and it's so intentional like you know what you're doing you know that at the end you're going to give gratitude to your money because it allows you to go and do things, to live the life that you want and to like put the roof over your head. And so I just think it's really great to like have that whole mindset shifted from dreading looking at your bank account and going in a spiral of like, what am I doing wrong? I'm horrible with money to let's change it to gratitude for what we have and where we want to be in the future. A hundred percent. And that was said so beautifully. And it's, it's never about like, okay, because I've been there as well. I'm like, oh my God, how many drinks did we buy mm-hmm. last night? Um, but it's like looking at your account and being like, okay, cool. Like what has happened in the last month? All right, maybe my money has gone to places that I don't really want it to go to anymore. And so like we just remove this whole um, feeling of like guilt or shame or any of this like, you know, unnecessary, unuseful conditioning or kind of feelings. And we just go, cool. Okay, we just look at it now as a thing. It's not us. It's just this thing that we call money and we have a relationship with it. So maybe next month, do I want it to go on all these subscriptions that I'm not using? Yeah, no. Actually, I'm not. I'm going to cancel those. Okay, so this is how we can look then at like budgeting in a much more enjoyable right. way because budgeting, I just always mm-hmm. hate the word. I Even me, I'm like, oh my God, if you had to tell me to sit down for 30 minutes to budget, I'd be like, I would probably <laughs> run and I hate to run. So, you know. So it's just, it doesn't sound fun. A money date sounds like something enjoyable, sexy, like fun. And then I can just check out how's my relationship going. And I know at the end of it, I'm going to feel good because I'm just sending gratitude no matter what. And I'm just grateful. And we're going to move forward in maybe a different way next month. And that's okay. And I love how you say you have a relationship with money because you do. So like whether it's strained like mine right now or like (laughs) whether with you, like how you put in so much work with your like personal finances, like you do have a relationship with money at the end of the day. And so just like any relationship you'd have with another person, I think it's important to develop a healthy relationship with money. 100%. And you know, it goes, it's like any relationship. Sometimes it'll be a bit more strained. Sometimes it'll be more flowing. 
then it's okay. Again, it doesn't say, oh, I'm a bad person. Oh, I should feel guilty about this. Or like, you know, it doesn't say anything about it. So it just says, this is the relationship with money. Do we want to improve it? Do we want to change it? Cool. Let's just go from a very neutral place about it though, because anything else is just like unhelpful. It's unuseful for us. And it doesn't encourage us or make us want to make a change if we're feeling bad about ourselves. So that's like one of the big things is like, let's just make it neutral. It's a relationship, right? Um, and then we're just going to move forward. And that's all. So um, yeah, so in the money date, it's like just taking this time to even just like open up your bank accounts. And like, I know it sounds silly, but do you even have all your like login details? Because there was a point in my life where I didn't. <laughs> I was like relying on like the thumb touch yeah. on my phone. And I was like, without that, I didn't the heck is my pack coming up banks now there's like three passwords mm-hmm. and there's a code and there's a verification and it's like I don't even know how to get into this without my thumb so you know even just if it's simple things like that do I have access to everything cool am I just going to check and see where my money is going are there subscriptions that are not necessary anymore okay maybe I'm just going to take time to cancel those you know am I being a good carer of my money like am I minding my money am I being a good friend to it like Am I just putting it to work 24-7 or am I allowing some of it to save up? Am I allowing it to go to work for me? Or am I constantly just pushing it back out of my account? And so we just look at those questions in a very different way to maybe traditionally it's been talked about. But I like to then look at my money as something that's like, it's come into my life. Now, how am I going to use it? So yes, some of it will go out, back out and let me enjoy life. But some of it I'm going to allow go work for me in an investment account. I'm going to keep a little piece for like savings just in case, you know, I call it like my <laughs> fund. It's like if anything, it's like you have a little bit of money just there. So you can be like, you know what? Screw you. I'm walking away from this. This doesn't serve me. Um, And you're always financially just, you got your back. You got your own back financially, mm-hmm. which is key. So I'm feeling inspired. <laughs> um, What are you... Like, how do you start out with, for example, I'll just use me, um, like a woman, early 20s, um, I feel like I have like a ton of medical bills, like schooling debt, like I just, uh, like my relationship with money right now is just anxiety filled. So how do you start out with someone like me? Because I know like I should be investing, I should like be putting money aside for retirement, but I don't know where to even start so what do you suggest like what are your tips awesome so in that case it depends on looking at your debt right so if we have um expenses that we know we need to pay in the form of like debts or loan repayments it's just checking what the interest rate on them is first so if they're very high interest rates then the advice would typically be it's better to focus on paying that down first than starting investing today um so Typically, in the stock market, you'll get a return of about 8 to 10%. So if your interest rate is like above that, say it's like 15% on your you know, high interest, then every time you're investing, it's almost like putting water into a bucket with a hole in it. So you're better off just paying down something that's really high interest before we look at investing. So if I was going to look at finances as a whole, um, however, if you have some debt, but it's like super low interest, then actually investing at the same time can be a really good um, approach because you're allowing your money to go to work for you and you're getting a much higher return than what it's costing you to repay that loan. 
So it, it kind of comes down to just looking at that first. So if it's really high, I would suggest just focusing on getting that down. Um, but if it's actually a low enough interest rate, then we can look at actually investing at okay, the same time. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so not that complicated, actually. A lot easier than I was thinking. Because, like, in my head, like I was saying, like, I hear all these things like, oh, you're so young. You should be doing this now. Like, you'll have so much money in the future if you do that. And I just get overwhelmed. But that's a really good place for me to start. Like, okay, I need to even look at what my interest rates are on my loans and start there and then like move forward from there it sounds like with everything you just want to start at the basics and break it down so like if you have a lot of debt like maybe focus on that first and then start investing or like whatever's best for you but it seems like you just want to start very simple and not overcomplicate it yeah and the truth is it's actually not really complicated it just we okay if i was to start speaking to you in spanish because i'm in spain like Unless both of you are fluent in Spanish or have been taught Spanish, like you're not going to know what the heck I'm talking about. Is it true with finances? Like, I don't know anybody that was taught about money in school, ever. No, I don't really either. So, oh, then we get to adult age and it's like, oh, here's all this financial responsibility. You should be expert at this. And we're like, um, what? And then we feel bad or like, oh, I'm like a failure or like I'm there's something wrong with me because I don't understand this language and I'm finding it complicated. But it's like, well, of course, you were never taught. I was never taught this language at school, you know, unless your parents were speaking this language to you, then how are you supposed to know it? So again, it's not that it's complicated. It's just we were never taught it. So I just like really want to kind of harp on that point because I hear it so often of like, especially for women saying, I'm just not good with money. It's like, no, actually quite the opposite. I would bet you'd be amazing with it if you just got a few pointers on how to learn the language and you haven't yet. So, you know, don't like, let's just not beat ourselves up for not knowing Spanish. Right. Oh, I love that. That puts it into perspective because it is true. Like how, how can we like expect to just like know all of a sudden when we've never been taught and then it is like the guilt and shame like oh I'm behind where I should be or like oh I'll just let my boyfriend or my husband deal with it like that seems to be what everyone does anyways you know like it's easy to fall into that I'm so glad you brought that up because I'm like so I'm very forward modern thinking but I'm also very traditional so um I do I'm not in a I'm not married yet but I do want my husband to take on that man role of like provider protector because that's the kind of woman I am I want a man who's going to be fully in his masculine who takes that kind of typical role of provider that said a man is not a financial plan he's not your financial planner right so for every woman no matter what their situation is always have your money together as well never rely on anybody no matter woman whoever you're with whoever your partner is, like never rely on another person to Mm -hmm. take care of your money. And so like, even I will always work. I love what I do. This is like, I couldn't not do this. But even if you were in a relationship where it's like, you took more of the traditional role, it's like, you know what, I'm going to be the stay at home person. And my husband's going to, or my partner's going to go out and they're going to be the breadwinner. Like that's really cool too. Like there's, you know, everyone has their own, whatever's right for them. But then you also need to look at, well, if you're making the money and I'm staying at home so we can take care of this, then I also need to be getting a salary. So it's like, no matter what the situation, 
always making sure that you are financially set, even if you're not out working. And I have a whole, like, um, I talk a lot about this as well, because I've just mm-hmm. seen it go so wrong. <laughs> you know, what I talk about has come from such deeply personal experiences, but like, I've just seen it go so wrong and it just opens up too much space for financial abuse, financial manipulation, when one person's a breadwinner and the other person's not. So I'm like, even if you have a breadwinner in your life, you need to get a salary too and you need to have that money for yourself and invest it, save it, take care of yourself because you don't ever want to be in a situation where that person has control of you because of money. I mean, we've all heard like horrible, sad stories of women who can't leave a toxic, abusive relationship because they don't have money and they are fully reliant on another person and that's such a scary place to be in. And so that's a big part of why I'm like, I need to make my own money, like, Mm -hmm. regardless of like, if I have a partner to depend on, regardless of if they make more than me, you know, like, it doesn't matter, you still need to have your own money. No, and it's it's heartbreaking to see it. And it's like, it's the most unnecessary situation you have to be in because of money, you have to go through these horrible experiences, like it's, it's completely unnecessary. And it's ridiculous. But it's understandable. Right? It's understandable why we end up in those situations. And um, as I said, so like, if you want to continue to work and your partner's working, that's great. Like, awesome. If you don't work and you're like, stay at home, like I see a lot of women, you know, my sister, like she wants to stay at home and raise her two kids and her husband goes out to work. I'm like, yeah, but he still needs to give you like yes. a proportion of that salary because how else does this all run? Right. So then you need to take a proportion of that salary and then, you know, to have for yourself. And, um, and so one of the big things I talk about is before you get naked with someone, get financially naked with them. I love that. <laughs> right? So we can be very quick to jump into bed with someone, being like, I love them. It's bliss. It's like, it's the most amazing. He's an amazing guy or he's an amazing person or she's an amazing person, whatever. Um, and we can just be like all for it. And then reality hits and like, you know, what the fuck is happening with their money or their finances or, you know, and I just think if more women understood like, Yes, it may feel awkward, but I'm going to get financially naked with this person first before mm-hmm. I ever think about getting naked with them. Then you can just like avoid all of this down the road. You're going to understand like, what is their money mindset? Like, I don't want to be with a man um, who has a mm-hmm. shitty money mindset. Like, no, because I'm someone who works on that and I want to raise a family who has a healthy money mindset. So like, if he has a bad money mindset, like, no, that's not something I want. Like I want a man who like who knows how to manage his money, who has a positive, healthy relationship, who wants to also provide and like be that kind of example, you know, um, for us, for the family, for everything. And so that's gonna be really important for me. Right. Exactly. Especially when like you've put in so much work yourself to be in a financially stable position, you want that reciprocated in a partnership. And even if not, like even if you're someone listening right now and you're like oh, I don't have my money in order. Like, that's okay, but you can still choose that you want a partner who is financially stable and secure and is generous and who actually, when you do get financially naked together, who's like, oh yeah, of course, I'm open to that. Like, I'm completely there and open to say, you know, whatever I earn, you'll get a proportion of this. We're like a couple, we're a unit, we're going forward in life together because I don't want you to feel controlled by me financially. Of course, that's how we'll make it. And the truth is, like, it's an awkward conversation to have. But if you have it and the person reacts badly, right. wouldn't you rather know now than when you're like married or you have kids together? And then you're like, holy shit, this person is like, this is ruining things. Like, you don't want to find out that this person is like um, mean with money or uh, stingy or just controlling or manipulative around anything financial 
when you've already made that commitment like find out really early on it's just going to save like a whole lot of time a whole lot of heartbreak it's just a better way to I love love that that. I think that's really good advice because there are so many issues like with and like money can seem like a taboo or like awkward thing like you were saying to talk about so it is important to determine before you get too far in so that you're on the same page but you know what's the hilarious thing it's like I've I have my own kind of theory as to why we've made money such a taboo subject. But like when you start getting intimate with someone, like can you imagine the things that you end up doing with the partner who like, you know, maybe a couple of months ago or a year ago was a complete stranger to you. So like we have normalized sex in our culture and our society. We've totally normalized. Like you open up Instagram, it's there. There's everyone's like half naked and it's like, cool, more power to you, whatever you want to do with your life. But we've normalized sex very much so in our world, but we haven't normalized money. And that for me is just the most bizarre thing that we would find it more awkward to have a conversation around money, mm-hmm. which again is just a thing that works in our world. Going back a couple of centuries ago, it was cacao, it was gold, you know, it was, you know, IOU pieces of paper, like that's all yeah. these different things. It's just a thing. We have, we feel more awkward talking about this thing than we do rolling around in bed naked with someone. How is that? How does that make sense? And it doesn't. But we just like no one's having these conversations, and we're like, oh, okay, maybe. And the thing is, if you're with the partner who like finds this incredibly uncomfortable to have this conversation, then yeah, maybe they're not your partner, and that's a really, really mm-hmm. important to know early on too. Well, do you have any other advice or any resources, tips, like things that our audience could like tangibly use, like a website or something? before we end absolutely um so I've created a new mini book for women to make approaching money and investing feel fun and really accessible so I'll share with you the link to that and they can go download it for free um and it will take women through everything just to understand some of the key principles around you know why invest how to get started when to get started how much like how does it work how do I like actually pick stocks in the market and all these things um, so I'll share that with you as a gift and it's completely free and I would just really encourage anyone listening right now to go and look at it awesome. that would be so helpful I will definitely read I will that. be reading that <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> so we will we will put that link in the show notes for everyone so that you guys can access it for free and then how can everyone find you on like socials are you active on social media yes mostly on Instagram um so it's I am Laura Tynan it's very simple I'm so excited for everyone to go check out your book and your resources. I'm excited to do it on my own because I'm inspired. I'm ready. So thank you so much. You are so welcome. Well, please, when you have your money day, yes. like send a little photo or something. Just tag me in it and be like, day time. And I'm like, yes, can we start this movement? For yes, sure. <laughs> we will be doing that. We'll definitely tag you in our little money date pictures. <laughs> That's so awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been so much fun talking to you. Guys.